Hello everyone, and welcome to Walking with the Tengu, a podcast exploring classic texts for the modern martial artist. Coming to you from on-site in Taipei, Taiwan. Today we're going to take a look at some highlights from a work known in English as The Analects by Confucius, who in Chinese is called Kongzi. Kongzi was a philosopher and politician of what is known as the Spring and Autumn Period. He was born in 551 BC in the Zhou Kingdom, This would have predated much of what makes up our modern notions of Chinese ethnic identity. In other words, he wouldn't have thought of himself as Chinese. Yet, I would go so far as to say that modern Chinese culture is at this point inherently Confucian in character. In its day, Kongzi's school of philosophy was actually only one among many others during a time known as the Hundred Schools of Thought. It was suppressed during the legalistic days of the Qin dynasty, which only lasted 15 years, and was the first and shortest of the Chinese dynasties. But even this one was also instrumental in the development of the Chinese identity we know today. It is thought the word China comes from this dynasty. Confucianism received official sanction after the establishment of the Han dynasty, another era instrumental in the development of the Chinese identity we know today. From then on, Confucianism was the bedrock of educational systems throughout all of Asia, and has been particularly noticeable to me through the popularity of Neo-Confucianism in pre-Meiji Japan. To take Kongzi out of the classics of many nations in Asia would be like erasing the works of the Greek philosophers from the West. The Analects, the the work we'll be cherry-picking from today, is actually a collection of aphorisms attributed to Kongzi, but were compiled many years after his death. To this day, he is worshipped as a Taoist deity, and one can see students praying at his temples once test time comes around. Many of the positive and negative traits of Chinese culture, in my opinion, can be directly linked to Confucianism. The point of all this being that even a small understanding of the works of Kongzi can improve your understanding of martial classics from all over Asia. The first of the aphorisms of Kongzi we're going to consider is This is a good moment to mention that the translation of old Chinese works is extremely hard. The language is often poetic, contains layers of implied meaning, and often is made up of a bunch of characters that could mean a whole range of different things. I often look at popular English translations and then at the Chinese and am confused at how they ended up choosing to translate it as such. One English translation will be very different from another. So for this one, I'll give you a direct literal translation of the words and then two popular English translations. So once again, Shua would be learning, er could be and as well, and yet, but while on the other hand, so that in order to, you get the point. Sure, time, she, this is a habit, custom, or usual practice, or as a verb, a practice, exercise, a study, or to learn. Jur, this is a literary verb, meaning to go or leave for. Bu, not or negative. Yi, also or to. Shua, which is to speak, talk, or say usually, but in literary Chinese means to be happy, pleased, or delighted. And then hu, which will be a common one we hear today. It's another classical word that basically expresses doubt. 
So maybe roughly it would be learning in time as usual or as a usual practice. Is it not a happy thing? Or something like that. The alternative translations, or two alternative translations would be, is it not pleasant to learn with a constant perseverance and application? Or another, this one is my personal favorite, to learn and then at the appropriate time put into practice what you have learned. Is this not a pleasure? So don't worry, I won't be breaking down each saying word by word like this. I just wanted you to get a feel for how amorphous translating ancient or classical Chinese can be. So once again, to learn and then at the appropriate time put into practice what you have learned. Is this not a pleasure? This is literally the first line of the first chapter of the Analects, and it really sets the tone for the rest of the book. For the martial artist, I would see this as learning a move or technique, let's say a throw, then practicing it for weeks, maybe even months, finally pulling it off during randori or sparring. The joy of learning something and then putting into practice is likely something all martial artists can relate to. In a lot of ways, this simple concept is really at the heart of all our practices. It succinctly describes the process and reward of diligent, committed training, with potentially a very real visceral reward of seeing one's skill manifested in reality. With the exception of sham martial arts, I suspect this description of learning is something we all share. The next line is Yao Pong Yunfeng Lai Bui Le Hu. One translation would be, Is it not a joy to have friends come from afar? However, in the context of the first line, this second translation may give more depth. To have associates in study coming to one from distant parts, does not this also bring satisfaction? In light of the previous line about study, I interpret this second line as relating to our training partners. The relationships I've built while training with people can in some ways be deeper than other relationships. It's not that you can't have deep relationships with non-training partners, it's just that the daily sacrifice and trust that comes from training a martial art as a way of revealing their character. You either become compatriots, or you learn to be wary and keep them at arm's length. It follows then that there is joy when reuniting with a training partner you've not seen in a long time. There's a new chance to surprise each other with techniques or strategies that you've picked up in the meantime. The third saying is Ren Bu Jir Er Bu Yun Bu Jun Hu. In contrast to the last one, I think this one's meaning is pretty straightforward. The first translation is Is he not a man of complete virtue who feels no discomposure, though men may take no note of him? That translation is probably a bit more wordy than I would have chosen. Oh, I should do a direct translation. Should have done that first, actually. So a direct translation would be, the person who doesn't understand, not be mad at. Is this not an ideal person? Not too far off, is it? Okay, so a second translation. Again, this one is my favorite. To be patient even when others do not understand. Is this not the way of an accomplished person? Much like the last two, I read this through the lens of martial training. We see here, the teacher. For what teacher has not experienced a student who just doesn't get it? To be fair, there are lots of ways this could apply outside the martial arts, but this is a martial arts podcast, so we'll stick with that. Succinctly, what this is describing is the patience of the advanced student or the instructor who doesn't get mad or frustrated with the student who doesn't understand. This reminds me of a quote attributed to Albert Einstein, 
If you can't explain it to a six-year-old, you don't understand it yourself. Throughout my own journey, I've found there are two ways of knowing a technique. The first is when I learn it for myself and am physically able to replicate it. The second is when I can teach it to someone else and requires a much deeper knowledge and understanding of the technique. The inability to physically, or I should say the ability to physically do the technique myself, only rarely translates to being able to teach it. Instead, in a way, I have to learn the technique twice, once for myself and once to teach it. Even the ability to teach isn't what Kongza is lifting up here is credible. Instead, what he is saying makes a worthy person is to be patient, even when teaching someone who doesn't understand. So all together then, to learn and then at the appropriate time put into practice what you have learned, is this not a pleasure? To have associates in study coming from afar, does this not also bring satisfaction? To be patient, even when others do not understand, is this not the way of an accomplished person? In a most simplified set of terms, then, we could say that the traits Kongza is setting forth in this student training partner instructor triptych is students must have commitment or perseverance, relationships with training partners are critical for growth, and instructors must have patience. This model will lay the foundation for future episodes where we consider more from the works of Kongza. So, thank you for listening. Please share these episodes if you found them useful in some way. Talk about these ideas with your training partners, but always remember first and foremost the words of the Stoic philosopher Epictetus to embody your philosophy. You can find us online at walkingtengu.wix, that's W-I-X dot com slash tengu, or email me at walkingwiththetengu, all one word, at gmail.com. Or you can message me through any of our social media sites. Keep walking through the mountains and keep your eyes open for the tengu.